welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Well, hello, my curious colleagues. Today, my guest is my colleague, Marie Shubin, who is the current CEO and president of SOCAP, the Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals Industry Group. Marie has been a leader and welcome fixture within the consumer care community for the past 25 plus years. She has worked for two CPG companies, the Dial Corporation, and more recently, E&J Gala Winery as Senior Director of Consumer and Product Insights. While Marie officially retired from Gala a few years ago, she really has kept her hands still in supporting SOCAP, the Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals, through events, and most recently, I served as president, as I had mentioned. Formerly, Marie was the chairperson of SOCAP and most notably spearheaded the groundbreaking CPG data reporting workshop. So hello, Marie. So happy to have you back on the podcast. Thanks, Denise. It's great to be back here. Always love chatting with you. Aww. You know, you all did such a great job in the past two years, kind of pivoting and rethinking about SOCAP. And was wondering if we could um, perhaps get a few sneak peeks from you on what's in store for 2022. You know, I always like to talk about SOCAP. <laughs> That's true. You do believe you know, so- the, the past two years have been really tough for not only SOCAP, but all associations, as we've all had to pivot to stopping in-person meetings and going to virtual and learning new technology and things that we have been challenged with, just like every other business has been challenged to go virtual. Um, They used to say, go big or go home. I say, go virtual or go home. (laughs) Um, And and 2021 really set us on a path towards a lot of virtual activity. We had over 60 virtual events in 2021. And um, we started small and started slow in the beginning of the year with our regional community meetings and a few things. And by the end of the year, we were full speed ahead. Our fall conference was um, a hybrid conference, virtual and in person. And that's what we have planned for our spring conference this year, which we are intending to have sometime late April, first part of May. I can't disclose the location. I don't have a signed contract yet, but suffice it to say, it will be a warm and sunny climate. We know the Eastern people like to get out of that chilly weather. <laughs> we are we are planning for that to be both virtual and in person. So it you know more to come on that as I get the virtual pieces set up. Well, I love hearing that because I I like the idea of the opportunity of everybody being able to participate in some way, regardless mm-hmm. of of where their company may stand on travel. So I think that that's a great way to meet the members in the middle. Um, so that was a great sneak peek right off the bat. I love that. So pencil that in everybody and get your sunscreen. Um, well, let's talk about strategy. Just, you know, 
We're gonna, okay. I want to get back into the details. You know, I love the details and the tactics, yeah. but thinking about um, the strategy for 2022, are you building off of last year and all your great progress? Do, are you taking some new turns? What, what's happening strategic-wise? Well, we have a couple of things um, strategy-wise that I'd like to share with your audience. Number one, you know, SOCAP's priority has always been to develop exemplary customer care professionals. We do that through education and networking. So part one of our strategy is heavy emphasis on education and secondarily the networking that goes with that. Um, <clears throat> along that line, we are um, we've renamed our, our national conferences to be called symposiums, and we're using more of a course description format so that it has more of a professional development bent to it. We will um, continue along tracks of technology, people development, process change, and of course, data reporting and metrics, which is near and dear to my heart always. Um, but with every with everything that happens in consumer affairs, there's one of those four components. And most of the time, all four of those components. So we're approaching it with, a, with every discipline with a four-pronged approach, people, process, technology, and data. Um, as far as the year ahead, in terms of educational content, we are planning to have our two conferences, um, supplemented that with industry breakout sessions and industry community meetings throughout the year. So our industry communities are CPG, auto, retail, and we're launching healthcare this month. We have the benefit of using a futurist, Michael Chung, to help predict some of the um, the trends in each of those industry areas. So each industry community is based in in foundational data. And then we discuss what that hold, what that means for um, the consumer affairs function as those industries evolve. The second half of that is the regional communities. We have four regional communities, Northeast, Southeast, Central, and West. And those communities are charged with having um, their regional meetings every other month as well so that um, our members can attend those virtually or in person when their restrictions begin to be lifted and they're able to, again, resume some in-person activity. Right now, we've had a couple of in-person things um, in the central region, and we are going to see those areas open up, you know, as each different group of states um, allows for more in-person meetings. So those are two prongs on the, on the community side. The, the nice benefit about virtual meetings is that you don't have to literally be in the geographic region to attend a regional community. You can just tune in and um, get go to the Zoom uh, account and listen in and participate in the conversation that way. Um, additionally, we're planning for four major workshops this year. Of course, we're going to bring back the, the very well-liked and uh, well-attended data reporting workshop. It will probably be a virtual rather than an in-person because we know that there will still continue to be travel restrictions from various companies. So the data reporting workshop is, is scheduled. The um, crisis management workshop is a new one that we're bringing forward. Mm -hmm. We haven't done that since about 2010. And we're also going to try in that, in addition to deal with dealing with um, product crisis, we're also going to try to bring in a component and an, an, ele an element of um, social crisis. So Twitter storms and some, some of those kinds of crises that are new to, to today that our um, consumer affairs people have to deal with. On top of that, at the end of the summer, we're planning to have a customer journey mapping workshop 
and a quality monitoring workshop. So those are going to be the four major workshops this year. So we'll have um, six regional meetings, essentially, four industry community meetings, four workshops, um, and we're tentatively planning some in-person summits that will happen after the symposiums, but those haven't been fully fleshed out yet. That's been a tradition of SOCAP is to have an industry summit after the conferences, but we just haven't chosen which ones yet and so forth. Um, the last thing we're doing on a more consistent basis, um, my personal goal is to have something every every week for somebody in, so, in the consumer affairs profession. Not all um, sessions are geared for the same audience. We're trying to launch a few things for the CSR level so that we can continue their professional development because a lot of those up-and-comers that are in a CSR seat today are going to be the team leaders tomorrow and the supervisors next year. So we want to get their foundation started right. So we, we have created a couple of series, one with Leslie Oflehaven on uh, e-writing um, and a second one with Helen um, Horsham Bertels on um, DEI, diversity, inclusion, and, and we're starting that next month. So both of those have a leadership level and also a CSR level so that um, our, our staff can be trained at, at any level and they can you know, learn about these major topics and start to develop their proficiency, even, even as CSRs. So those are two things that we've started this year that are new. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about is the two monthly things that we're setting up. Timely topics on Thursday is my favorite because it's sort of a free-for-all. We throw a topic out there and we have a moderator who's got two or three questions, but that is the best session to learn from each other. In Timely Topics, we talk about everything from soup to, month, to nuts. Last month, we talked about um, coming back to work and what it was like for people to work in the office, some of whom have never actually worked in the office before. Uh, several topics we've had have been around um, remote networking and remote training. This month, we're going to talk about employee wellness. So on February 3rd, uh, Vicki Cherney is going to be um, re reviewing and discussing stress and in frontline stress because the frontlines have certainly had their stress levels amped up as well as all of us have with the conditions of the pandemic. Every day is a new day. There's a constantly changing um, horizon and set of restrictions and, and things that are always having to be thought. thought. So it's been very stress inducing on top of the lack of supply chain and, you know, the, all the other issues that have to have to be addressed by a CSR. Where's my order? Why is my order late? You told me that last week and so forth. So those are the kinds of things that our CSRs are facing. So the February 3rd meeting promises to be very interesting as we delve into how people are um, helping their employees cope and what they're doing about employee stress levels. Okay. That's a lot of stuff for the it is. year. I stopped taking notes because I, I realized I can just listen to this podcast and then grab my calendar and block, block some time out. But I'm frantically, you know, um, I'm excited. Well, you know, I love the data reporting workshop. And it sounds like that's going to be the first half of the year, Marie. Yes, the first half of the year is going to be crisis management and data reporting. The second half of the year is going to be quality monitoring and journey mapping. Are and you getting closer to, oh, excuse me, go ahead. go ahead. Are you getting closer to what month the data reporting workshop is? Data reporting has historically been in June, and I'm looking to do it again in June, middle of June, probably. Um, 
We will probably do that as two virtual half days. That's my thinking right now, simply yeah. because all these years we've always flown to Chicago and we've done it at the airport hotel there. And it's yep. a great event and it's well attended, but we feel like with the travel restrictions, it just seems like it will fit better as a virtual. Yeah, a little less Zoom fatigue too. And one of the things we've been talking about with data is um, just kind of the concept that there's really different kinds of data and we want to be sure to touch on different types. So for example, we've got KPIs, your key report, key performance indicators that many people use to monitor the operations of their contact center. We have product quality data, which is shared out with plants and manufacturing and you know development and research. Then we also have um, customer satisfaction data, which is about the total customer experience. And that includes some things like CSAT and, uh, and NPS. And then we also have a new metric we've been kicking around that kind of ties back to that February 3rd thing. And that is um, the, the idea of employee satisfaction metrics. How satisfied are the employees with their, their working conditions, the way they get feedback and those kinds of things. So this year's data reporting workshop promises to be a little bit different than prior years. And we haven't had one for two years, so I feel like I have license to reinvent it. <laughs> You're always, you are the queen of reinvention. It's true. Yes. I love, I love it. this vision, this whole continuum yes. of, uh, of the metrics. And, um, and I think it's so timely because you've seen, I've seen EX ex employee experience and CX mm -hmm. tied together. And I think, how do you measure this employee experience? And that's mm -hmm. the employee CSAT. I think that's well, what you we, called it. Yes. Um, and we think, we think that in this climate where recruiting and retention is so, you know, top of mind for everybody, every night you turn on the news and they're talking about the employment rates and people staying in, in their jobs and early retirements and all these other things. We feel like employee experience and employee satisfaction has mm -hmm. really finally come to the top of the list and it's and we want to be on the cutting edge of addressing that yeah got it very so so exciting I, i'm a little speechless i love it i love it um we had also another exciting sort of area that we had chatted about recently was this notion of yours around mastery um and, and some of the new other the new channels i'll call them recently coming up mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. What you and I have talked about in the past is about how over the years, since 1968, when the first toll-free numbers got launched, people in the consumer affairs industry have been challenged to master every new technology that has come along. It started with how do we best handle a paper mail, um, which seems like a no-brainer today, but back then with the volumes of paper mail we were getting in and storage and and all those things, we had a, had a lot of con a lot of discussions around that. But phones, every new channel, email, faxes, um, and social media, and all of those different things. Every time there's a new channel, it's a new opportunity for mastery within the contact right. center group. And the the two that have um, surfaced in most recent times are two we want to address at our spring symposium. Um, and those are in the AI area. One is how are people using artificial intelligence? And then the other part is around commerce. One of the things that happened with the pandemic is so much commerce went online and people had to be challenged with e-commerce. And now there's the new version of it, social commerce. 
you're no longer just buying through your your direct um, retailer website, but now there's the whole social platform and buying things through this, the social commerce platforms. So those are some of the newer things that our, our um, spring symposium will address and that we know that our consumer affairs professionals need to develop mastery and best practices around. Yeah, that social commerce, but that's a hot one. If, if you're thinking what I'm thinking, and that is, you know, you see an ad in Instagram feed, and then you can quickly go and buy it right then. Mm-hmm. Then I have fallen prey to that with the, with the shirt I'm wearing right now today. <laughs> I, you know, kept on seeing and it has like sort of matching pants. And I'm like, hmm, all right, I'm going to go for it. And it was my first, it was my first social commerce purchase. And it was so easy. Um, well, and when you talk about things like social commerce, then you have you're opening up the whole thing to pay, pay payment methodologies, and then who te- who does the technological support for that? Um, when right. a customer calls in and says, "Where's my order? How many channels does the CSR have to check?" or if you have an automated order system that that produces that um, feedback to the customer automatically, here's your order, your order number, your estimated delivery date, then what if that ha- doesn't actually happen? What if your orders are delayed and so forth? Right. We live in this in this multi-channel world now, and it puts a lot of um, requirements on a CSR to be cognizant in all of those things. And one of the pieces that goes with that, too, is the technology that all of the companies choose. The CSRs have to learn how to support those. So if you can't print out your receipt, or you can't scan that QR code that's on a copy of your email or something like that. Those are all questions that um, fall back into the consumer affairs group onto the CSR. And, and they've had it become technologically proficient as well as understanding all their product lines and so forth. Absolutely. And I think that that continues to put, you know, just some more emphasis on someone like a middleman, like a, mm-hmm. I'll call it a brand specialist, mm-hmm. making sure that they get that language from their brand folks or their website people, whoever kind of can give the instructions on working through, you know, say something like a Shopify tool and making mm-hmm. sure it's all there in the KB and then trained. And by KB, I meant knowledge base for the CSR. So it's really you know, everybody's learning it, but it's that CSR who's got to deliver the goods at the end of the day. That's right. So, um, yes, there, that's two good call outs. Looking forward to hearing about those. Well, thank you so much for that sneak peek. I think we've got a, oh, you know what I forgot to ask you? I think you mentioned two symposiums. Yes, we're looking at one for fall. We don't have a location yet for fall. Um, One distinction we're making between spring and fall is spring will be more casual. We're um, looking at um, doing something a little bit more casual with that, making it more tactical. And we're looking at fall being a little bit more dressy. We have our annual business meeting. We'll have our gala and our award ceremony in the fall. And um, that will be a, a bit more of a formal affair. And we have to have our business meeting and some of those things that are called for by our bylaws. Right. Um, so there will be a little bit of a dis- distinction between spring and fall. But right now we're looking at the end of April, first part of May for spring. And we're looking at middle of October for fall. Uh, destination for fall, TBD. Um, okay. I'll keep that a little secret for right now. Mm. Uh, one of the other things we're looking at is... Um, in this year is uh, succession planning. 
as you know, the board gets elected every year. So we always have our elections in the fall. And right. this year, for example, we had our first ever electronic election. So uh, for the first time, we voted online, and those were some things that had to be updated in our bylaws. We never had the ability to do that. All of our bylaws were mm -hmm. stated voice votes and things like that for people in person. And with virtual, you can do so many more things. We're also looking at um, launching a benchmarking study this year that we would be able to share out at either spring or fall. I'm not sure on timing on that yet, but you know, one of the things we love in SOCAP is benchmarking. We want to know how we're doing compared to the rest of our industry. So there's a lot of motivation around doing a benchmarking study. The, um, the last thing we're looking at is succession planning for the role of CEO. Um, many of you know that I came out of retirement in order to step into the CEO role and help navigate the waters of the pandemic with SOCAP, but I do need to retire at some point in time. So the board has um, formally announced that they are beginning to form a, a search committee and they will begin looking for a new association CEO so that I can retire at the end of this year, perhaps, or early into next year. So that's one of the things that um, everyone is going to be working on. Oh, all right, if you say so. <laughs> no, it's so after me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like there's a plan in place, and so there'll be no gap there. And and that part's good to know. And I know you'll stick around somehow, somewhere, uh, for a little while at least. Yeah. I had I had one more bit of exciting news to share with you, and that is about our infrastructure. We are in the process right now of. Um, transitioning to an upgraded uh, database platform and our uh, our uh, content and information platform will be upgraded hopefully by the end of first quarter. We've been transitioning data and cleaning up data for the last month or 60 days or so. Um, but the nice part about that will we'll make it many more self-service options for our members in terms of managing their membership. We're going to have um, better business partner directory. We're going to have a, a more robust member directory, a cleaner website. Our current website is hasn't been updated for a good many years. And so we're planning to have a clean, cleaned, cleaned up version of our website with more current information. And um, also places for boards, to, the board to put their information, places for us to have minutes, places for association business and news, white papers, a lot of other things like that. So those are some things that will be happening with on the infrastructure side. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, that's a lot of exciting news. Um, so thank you for sharing all that and a little sneak peek for some of the audience. I know you'll continue to share as you learn more and contracts are signed. Um, but just wanted to say thank you again for uh, coming back on the podcast. Really appreciate your time today, Marie. I bleed SoCap Blue and I know you do too. So I'm always happy to um, share out what's going on. I appreciate you publicizing all of the activities that we have ahead of us. And I look forward to seeing you online at many of our activities and in person at the symposium. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks.
You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Veneri. Thank you for your time.